Father, that we can come to you. What a privilege. Your kindness, your grace, your mercy. You are the friend that sticks closer than a brother. Thank you for sending your helper, the counselor, the Holy Spirit, to be a part of our lives as we invite Christ in and say yes to him. Now, this is your word. May we grow in it. May we apply it. May we have great blessing because we follow you with everything we got. In Jesus' name, amen. Man, I, I really like that key change at the end. <laughs> that is really nice. If you didn't know that happened, it happened, all right? <laughs> We went from one key to the next. Oh, that is so good. Love when that happens. So I love you. And it's a privilege to be a part of your lives. And thank you so much for speaking into my life and helping me and encouraging me and challenging me and being a part of what God is doing in this body. What a privilege it is to share together. Again, let me thank you again for your great giving to help the powers out last Sunday. Again, $1,028 came in. It's just just so much. Again, I thank your generosity, all that you do to, to support our missionaries all over the world. The, all the IMB Missionaries International Mission Board through our Southern Baptist Convention, all the missionaries we support that have to raise their own support, like the Powers, uh, 25 to 30 of them we support here at Majestic. What a privilege it is. And what a privilege it is for them to be a part of our lives as they come back and they love on us and they care for us and they thank, they thank us for that. So, Thank you so much. Glad to be a part of this team here at Majestic. So how's your Proverbs reading going? Yeah, good, good. Hank obviously read chapter 2 today, right? Good start, good start. So uh, so keep after it. Chapter a day based on the day. So as, as Hank so astutely put, today's the second. So we're going to go on to chapter 2, right, Hank? You bet. Thank you for that encouragement. I'll do that a few more times in the sermon, too, according to my notes may not get there, but it's in my notes right now. So keep after it. Keep reading. It's making a difference in your life. Um, so how did the Lord bring Proverbs to you this week? And wisdom, this thought of wisdom. Well, I got a few comments coming back. Keep sharing with me. You'll notice them. If you, you uh, Yesterday, got a uh, little email or a text from somebody. They said, did you happen to read in the open windows today, this morning, what it says? Words of Wisdom. That's the title for yesterday. Well, that ought to get your attention real quick, like, right? And uh, this individual told me that, and it was a great little uh, story that this, this lady tells, but she says this, um, Yet when we open the pages of Scripture, every single word is passed through the infinite wisdom and love of God. All Scripture Timothy taught, is inspired by God. We can trust the guidance, accept the correction, and obey the instructions knowing that God himself is the source of each word. There's comfort in knowing that God's wisdom doesn't change with the times, and it will never become outdated or, or irrelevant. Irre, irrelevant, I can talk. Everything we need to be wise, complete, and equipped is found within the pages of God's word. That wasn't much of an amen there for that. Everything we need to be wise, complete, and equipped is found within the pages of God's Word. There we go. There we go. 
That was just yesterday. Amazing how God brings these wisdom things to us. On uh, Thursday, I got an email from uh, one of our church members here, and it said this. One more day in Proverbs, and I think I might start over. Lots of good stuff in there. Love that. Lots of good stuff in there. Thank you for telling us to read it. (laughs) So I encourage you, read it again. Or read it for the first time if you haven't done it yet. So keep after it, what God's going to do in your life. So that observation, lots of good stuff in there, is certainly true of today's passage in Proverbs chapter 1. You probably already got it there. Bible's found in front of you. Uh, some headings as I was studying this week, various things that I was looking at. Some headings for this this chapter and this section of Scripture here in the ESV in my Bible. It says, The Call of Wisdom. Another book that I looked at and read was, it said, Wisdom's Cry. Another one that I looked at said, The Cry of Wisdom. And I think you could even title it this, Wisdom's Invitation. The Cry of Wisdom. Wisdom's cry, that wisdom's invitation. And here's God's word for us this morning. Wisdom cries aloud in the street. In the markets, she raises her voice. At the head of the noisy street, she cries out. At the entrance of the city gates, she speaks. How long, O oh simple ones, will you love being simple? How long will scoffers delight? And they're scoffing, and fools hate knowledge. If you turn at my reproof, behold, I will pour out my spirit to you. I will make my words known to you. Because I have called and you've refused to listen. I've stretched out my hand and no one has heeded. Because you've ignored all my counsel and would have none of my reproof. I will also laugh, laugh laugh at your calamity. I will mock you when terror strikes you. When terror strikes you like a storm and your calamity comes like a whirlwind, when distress and anguish, they come upon you. Then they will call upon me, but I won't answer. They'll seek me diligently, but they will not find me. Because they hated knowledge did not choose the fear of the Lord, would have none of my counsel and despised all my reproof. Therefore, they shall eat the fruit of their own way and have their fill of their own devices. For the simple are killed by their turning away and the complacency of fools destroys them. But, but, Whoever listens to me will dwell secure and will be at ease without dread of disaster. You'll remember in the first sermon, I pointed out to you that the Hebrew word for wisdom, the Hebrew, the Hebrew noun, for the noun, wisdom, is a feminine noun. So therefore, wisdom is a she. It's described as a she, as a female. When he says here, as right, wisdom is writing and speaking and says, she raises her voice. She cries out. 
she speaks because of how that word is used in the Hebrew. And in this passage, wisdom is the I and the my. And those she's crying out to are the you's and the they's, right? And for the sake of keeping it toward us and moving toward us, I'm just using you in my outline rather than they. I'm transferring it to it. They're speaking to us. Will we listen when we hear her call? And she says to us, I'm crying out for everyone. In chapter verse 20 and verse 21, I'm crying out in the street. I'm crying out in the markets. I'm crying out at the head of the noisy streets. I'm crying out the city gates. All the places that you would go to, I'm crying out. I'm speaking out. I, I want your attention. Listen to me. This is really important what I have for you. I want you to be a wise guy. I want you to be a wise gal. I want you to follow me. That's why I'm speaking to you. I don't want you to be a simpleton. I don't want you to be a scoffer. I don't want you, I don't want you to be a fool. I want you to be skilled and expert in godly living. My definition of a wise person. I want you to be an expert at it. I want you to be skilled at godly living. That's the most important thing there is. But Solomon, as he's writing this, he knows that he can look around and see that there are people that, that don't care about that. They're not listening to wisdom's cry. On Tuesday, I got an email from one of our majestic friends here, and it says this, and I have permission to share this. Good morning. I'm starting a letter. I'm starting a study of the letter of James. A commentary on that book in the introduction says... The letter of James sets forth wisdom advice needed to live a life in conformity to God's will. I thought that was a very interesting way to look at James, and perhaps all the books of the Bible. James tells us in 1.5, he says, If any of you lacks wisdom, we should ask of God, and he will give it to us if we ask in faith. Wisdom was evidently important to James. But what kind of wisdom should we pray for? Another commentary answered that question with a contrast between the wisdom of the world as theoretical and the wisdom of God as practical. The Hebrew concept of wisdom is knowing how to conduct life in conformity with God's will. In a second email, the next day, this same friend and studier says, Good morning. One more thought for the wise guys. Jeremiah gives us an exhortation in 9, 23 and 24 to not, let, to not let the wise guy boast in their wisdom. Later in verse 24, he says, But rather let those who boast, boast in him, this, that in their prudence they know me, me being God. My thought, only the humble are really wise guys. I agree with that statement. Would you agree with that? Only the humble are wise guys or wise gals. Humility is one of the marks of being wise. And we will read more about humility as we read through Proverbs again this month. I told you I'd get that back in here somewhere, right? As we go back through, look for those verses that talk about humility. Look for those verses that talk about pride. Let me scratch my head here, right? The big head. Look for those verses. Put an H by him. Put a P by pride. 
to remind you as you keep going through this book in the years to come. That's a topic that's really important. But we can't be a wise guy without, or a wise gal without being humble. But I think as we read verse 22, as we look at this passage, as he talks about the simple ones and the scoffers and the fools, I think we can read between the lines, obviously, and note that these, the simple, the scoffers and the fools, they are not wise, humble guys or gals. They are simple because they love their wisdom. They're scoffers because they delight in their own way. And they are fools because they hate. They don't want the knowledge that comes from God on high. You can read that in the page. It's not in the print, but you know that's what is being said right here. These people don't want wisdom. They're not listening for wisdom crying out in the city gates. They're not listening for wisdom crying out there in the markets. They're not wisdom hearing, hearing wisdom as it cries out from the noisy streets because they want to do what they want to do. You see, wisdom is available to all. It's available to you. It's available to me. It's available to all those people out there because wisdom is crying out, follow me, look for me, hear me if you have ears to hear. That's like kind of a phrase that's in the Bible a few times. If you have ears to hear, you will hear. You see, and Solomon goes on as he explains that wisdom is crying out and personifying wisdom. If you welcome wisdom, guess what you'll get? Wisdom. Thank you, Teresa. Way to follow along. If you welcome wisdom, that's the term I'm going to use. If you welcome wisdom, you're going to get wisdom. Wisdom cries aloud. She raises her voice. She cries out. She speaks. I'm trying to get your attention, she says. Listen to me. Heed me. Hear me. And he says in verse 23, if you turn at my approval, if, if you listen to me, if you hear me, if you want wisdom, this is what you're going to get. I will pour out my spirit to you. You'll have my presence. Wisdom, obviously, Personification, too, of who Christ is. We go to 1 Corinthians. He's the wisdom of God. We understand that, speaking of, that when we want wisdom, we'll get wisdom, we'll get God, because He is all wise. You'll have my presence. If you welcome wisdom in my life, in your life, I'll make my words known to you. You'll have my words. Well, we have them right here. Lots of people have read this. But not wanting to follow wisdom, they haven't stayed with it. They haven't welcomed wisdom into their life and made it a part of their life. But this is what wisdom says. If you do these things, if you welcome me, you will get wisdom. Saying yes to wisdom invitation will result in your getting wisdom. Wisdom will come to you and be a part of your life. If you want it, you'll get it. It's a little bit like discipline. You understand how discipline works. You wake up in the morning, you go, I'm going to be disciplined. And then you get up 30 minutes later, <laughs> right? If you want discipline, guess what you're going to get? Discipline, but you got to pursue it. It doesn't just happen. You have to pursue it. Wisdom in the same way. You could say, I want wisdom, but if you don't pursue it, chapter 3, chapters 2 and 3, pursue it like hidden treasure... It's just going to be out there for you. Let's welcome wisdom and then pursue it and move toward it and see it become a part of our life. Because if you really want it, you 
will get his wisdom. Well, Solomon goes on as he describes and personifies wisdom. He says, but if you won't welcome wisdom, you will be sad. He says, verse 24, I, wisdom, have been consistently calling out to you, and what have you done with it? Refused to listen. I've stretched out my hand, verse 24, and no one has heeded it. You've ignored all my counsel, verse 25. You'd have none of my reproof. I've been calling out, hey, wisdom's over here, follow me. And you've been going, eh, you're not interested in that. I don't want that. I've been speaking, definitely, to get you to follow me. And you said, no, 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 I'll just go my way. I'm just going to go over here. I'm, gonna heed, I'm not going to heed that call. It's not important. It's not important to me, valuable to me. And Solomon, in his personification of wisdom, says, if that's how you respond when wisdom's calling out to you, this is what's going to happen. I will laugh at your calamity. I will mock when terror strikes you. And your calamity becomes a whirlwind when distress and anguish come upon you. That's how I'm going to respond. You'll call upon me, verse 28, but I will not answer. They will seek me diligently, but they will not find me. Now, if you're reading this, you're going, man, that's pretty severe. I thought God was a God of love. Here he is personifying wisdom himself. And he says, if you won't follow me, this is what you're going to get. I'm going to laugh at you. I'm not going to be there for you when you seek me. When things happen bad around you, I'm not going to be there. It's pretty severe. I would agree. But you know, when God talks and puts things in a severe way, he's telling us it's serious business. Oh, he's had a few times. You can go through Scripture and you can see he meant business a few times. Sodom and Gomorrah. Think he meant business to them? Yeah. Man, if I could just find five people that are righteous. Good find five people that are righteous. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Because God knows this is the way to go. This is serious business. I am giving you a beautiful gift. And I want you to receive it. I want you to welcome it into your life. I want you to welcome me into your life. If you don't do it, you can, you can just see this is how I'm going to respond. You're going to be sad if you do not take wisdom and welcome it into your life. If we don't want wisdom, we'll reap the consequences. And that speaks of sadness. Because we'll miss his best. We will miss his help. We will miss his protection. We'll miss his guidance. You probably heard this verse, Galatians chapter 6, verse 7 through 9. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever one sows, that he will also reap. 
me read it again. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever one sows, if he chooses to go and doesn't want wisdom and follow his own way, he's going to reap what that will bring to his life. For the one who sows to his own flesh, from the flesh will reap corruption. But the one who sows to the Spirit, from the Spirit will reap eternal life, his good things. So, let's not grow weary in doing good. Let's not grow weary in seeking for wisdom. For in due seasons we will reap if we do not give up. It's a serious business. This thing with God. It's not something to play around with. It's not something we hope just happens to us. No, he's saying, I want your attention. I have something really good for you. If you'll welcome it into your life. If you don't, you will reap the consequences. You will reap sadness in your life because you will miss, as I said earlier, you'll miss his best for you. You'll miss his help. You'll miss his guidance. You'll miss his direction. You'll miss what he wants to do for you in protecting you. As he goes on, as wisdom is speaking here, Solomon explains, here's why you won't welcome wisdom. Verse 29. Because you hated knowledge. You don't want the knowledge that is fully truth. And did that speak about our world today? (laughs) Yeah. They don't want the truth. They want truth to be relative, whatever they want it to be. But they won't accept us when we say, this is the truth. This is God's truth. You'll read numerous times as you go through it. God's word is flawless. God's word is precious. God's word is the truth. It's what he's given to us. You know why? Because he's God and we're not. 1815. Backing up my thoughts, what he's given here with other portions of Proverbs. An intelligent heart acquires knowledge, and the ear of the wise seeks knowledge. He's not talking about book learning here. He's talking about his knowledge, the truth. Wisdom says, you don't want wisdom. Why? You don't want me, because you won't choose the fear of the Lord. Remember we said this about the fear of the Lord. It will add wisdom. It will subtract evil. It will multiply life. And it will divide blessing in your life to the people around you. But you don't want that. That's why you don't want wisdom. Because you don't want that in your life. What does it say a few verses ahead of this? Chapter 1, verse 7. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of the knowledge. Fools despise wisdom. And instruction. Contrast. Remember? This book is a book of contrast. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. In contrast, fools who don't want to fear the Lord, they despise wisdom. They despise what God could give them in instruction. Wisdom goes on and says, this is why you don't want me. You won't accept my counsel. 12.15 says, the way of the fool is right in his own eyes, but a wise man listens to advice. (laughs) Listens to God's advice. Earlier in my prayer, I mentioned the Holy Spirit. 
Wisdom says you won't listen to my counsel. But who is the Holy Spirit? He is the counselor, the comforter, the helper. As Jesus speaks of him in, in John chapter 14, where he says, But the helper or the counselor, the Holy Spirit, the, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to remembrance the things that I have said to you. If those who don't want wisdom, they don't want the Holy Spirit either. The Holy Spirit who would teach them, who would help them, who would help them to become more like Christ. And wisdom says, you don't want me because you despise, you despise my reproof. The things where I've spoken to you and said, don't go that way, don't go that way. That's not the way to go. No, you don't want that. You don't want somebody speaking into your life. Solomon goes on in 1531 and says this, The ear that listens to life-giving reproof will dwell among the wise. Oh my goodness, how many times have I not listened to God's reproof in Scripture or through trusted friends who love Jesus? I've decided to go, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to walk that way. No, I, I'm going to go my own way. I don't. I, oh my goodness, I missed wisdom. Wisdom was calling to me, and I missed it. In this passage, now, Solomon again goes one more time. He delves into one more time. Again, if you won't welcome wisdom into your life, then you will be sad. He says in verse 31, Therefore, if you don't want wisdom, you don't want God's wisdom in your life, you will eat the fruit of your own it will be rotten fruit. In contrast, in 1130, Proverbs 1130, Solomon says this, the fruit of the righteous is a tree of life. It grows. It's healthy. It's good. It has good fruit to it. And whoever captures souls is wise. He goes on to say, if you want welcome wisdom in your life, Sadness will come because you will have your fill of your own devices. As it says there again in verse 31. Therefore they shall eat the fruit of their way and have their fill of their own devices. You see, uh, what, what comes out of us will come back to us. Oh, we say we don't need wisdom. I don't need your help, God. And God says, okay, I'll let you reap the consequences of that. It's not good. Our own devices as we go through. 13.13 says this, Whoever despises the word brings destruction on himself. Whoever despises wisdom, the word of wisdom, brings destruction on themselves. But he who reveres the commandment will be rewarded. Now, which side do you want to be on? The destructive side or the rewarded side? Yeah, let's, go for the, let's go for the rewarded side, right? That's the side we want to be on. As we follow him, he says, Your turning away from wisdom will be death to you. 14.12 says this There's a way that seems right to a man, but its end is the way of death. Oh, you, you don't need wisdom? You don't want wisdom? Okay. You'll reap the consequences of it. Your own devices. It will be a way of death to you, not a way of life. And he goes on another one as wisdom speaks again, and she says, your complacency will destroy you. I'm thinking of complacency, that who cares thought, later thought. It's not important. I don't need God's wisdom. No, I'll do things on my own way. Well, speaking of that, 
He says in 10.5, He who gathers in summer is a prudent son, but he who sleeps in harvest is a son who brings shame. Our complacency might lead to this. We might say better late than never. Well, that doesn't work for welcoming wisdom. It might be better said, too little, too late. Don't sit around going, oh, well, maybe someday, yeah, I want God's wisdom. No, he's saying, that might be too late for you. Your complacency will destroy you. You know, in your life and in my life, the Lord says, go this way. And often we find ourselves saying, no, I know a better way. Anybody ever done that? Yeah, a few nods there. Yeah, We've all done it. The Lord says, this is the way to go. Here it is. Here it is. And yet we say at times, no, Lord, you know, I I think I got a better way. If we choose to ignore wisdom's call, we will suffer the consequences. We will experience sadness. Because God's way is the better way. The way that will protect and provide for us. Man's way is the bitter way, the way of potholes and punishment. Last Thursday, we were at our men's group over at May's Cafe, um, 7 o'clock. If you ever want to join us, feel free to do that, brother. We'd love to have you come and be a part of it. We've got a number of great small groups and Sunday school classes that are there. Information's found in your bulletin there this morning. We'd love for you to be a part of that, to grow with one another, to care for one another, to, to be cared for. It is a privilege to do that. But this question was asked while we were there. Have you ever had a time when you were left to your own devices and it was good for you? <laughs> Let me read that again. Have you ever had a time when you were left to your own devices and it was good for you? We had a really hard time thinking of one time (laughs) where we were left to our own devices and it was good for us. Think about this. How many are in prison because they ignored God's wisdom about drinking and ended up drunk and caused an accident that killed someone? I know that's a big one. I know that's, that's way out there, but think about it. Here's God's wisdom in 21, chapter 20, verse 1. Wine is a mocker, strong drink a brawler, and whoever is led astray is not wise. How many of have, have ignored God's wisdom delivered through godly, caring friends about a relationship that was unhealthy And then they discovered later on their friends were right about that person. Proverbs 13.20 says this, Whoever walks with the wise is wise. Wise. But the companion of fools will suffer. How many have ignored their parents' godly wisdom about a purchase that ended up being a weight around their neck? Because they wouldn't listen. I've done it. (laughs) Chapter 31 says this for you students, you young people out there. A wise son heeds the 
his father's instruction. But a mocker does not respond to rebukes. Okay, well, maybe let's get just a little bit easier topic here. Maybe a little bit more uh, practical. Or how about the times when you went full out glutton and paid for it through the night? <laughs> Ever happened to you? Yeah, you know, I'm just going to go for it, man. And then all through the night, you're just going, uh, oh, Alka-Seltzer, oh, what a relief it is, plop, plop, oh, what a relief it is, right? Hmm. Proverbs 23.2 says, when you sit down to eat with a ruler, anybody, observe carefully what is before you and put a knife to your throat if you're given to appetite. <laughs> a little hyperbole there, okay? Let's make it a little bit bigger than we are. We're saying, be disciplined. Don't be foolish. Be wise in your eating. You see, you know this, our choices have consequences. And if we choose to ignore God's wisdom, it will lead to sadness. we often forfeit Oh, what needless pain we bear All because we do not carry everything to God in prayer Think in your life and in my life the needless things that have happened to me that didn't have to happen because I chose to say, God, nah, Nah, I, I like my way better. Yours might be nice. It might work on occasion, but not right now, God, I want to do what I want to do, and I have borne needless things, and I've lost peace, just like you, the same way. Okay, it's kind of a downer so far. I understand that. Okay. But we get to verse 33 and there's an up. There's an up. If we will welcome wisdom into our life, we will be glad. If we won't welcome wisdom into our life, i got a little rhyming going on here. i got the big words, sad and glad. Okay. <laughs> if we won't welcome wisdom into our life, we will be sad. If we do welcome wisdom into our life, we will be glad. Notice what he says. But whoever listens to me, wisdom, will dwell secure and will be at ease without dread of disaster. Now, I remind you this. There is forgiveness for our sin. Amen? Thank the Lord there is. I, I understand that. There is forgiveness for our sinfulness. Thank you, Lord, for that. If we confess our sins, He's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we sin, we have an advocate with the Father. And what Jesus has done for us is a propitiation satisfying God's wrath. Forgiveness can come to us. Yes, thank you, Lord, for that. Because we've all messed up numerous times. You've heard me say many times, you know, if I just sinned three times a day, it'd be a really good day. We all understand that. Thank you, Lord, for your forgiveness. 
But man, wouldn't it, wouldn't it be just better to be obedient and experience the Lord's blessing and be glad than being disobedient and experience the Lord's discipline and be sad? I'd much rather be on that side. Lord, I did the right thing. Thank you, Lord, for showing me that was the right thing in your favor, your hand upon me, rather than having to keep going back to him and go, man, I messed up again. I made a mistake again. I sinned again, Lord. I need your forgiveness. He does do that, but it's best to be on this side. Would you agree? Yes? Yes? <laughs> of course you would. To be on this side of God? Yes. That's where we want to be. And that's where we can be if we will welcome wisdom into our life. We'll welcome gladness into our life. You'll dwell secure. We've sung this song before. Proverbs 18.10, the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous man runs into it and is safe. You'll dwell secure. Because you put his wisdom into your life. And then he says, and you'll be at ease so that without dread or disaster. I have kind of turned this. I said, you'll have peace. You'll be at ease. You'll have peace. Proverbs 13, 17 says, Her ways, wisdom's ways, are ways of pleasantness, and all her paths are peace. One of my friends reading that passage and thinking through this sermon texted me this interpretation of that verse after reading it yesterday, and their interpretation is this, your sleep will be sweet. <laughs> Thought that was good. Somebody read that passage yesterday on day one. They're reading and said, as I look at that passage, your sleep will be sweet. You remember singing just a few moments ago? There's no space that his love can't reach. There's no place where you can't find peace. There's no end to amazing grace. I am holding on to you. I am holding on to you. In the middle of the storm, I am holding on. I love those thoughts. I love those words. But I think about them differently as I put up there on the screen. I like to think of them this way in reference to verse 33. That if we'll seek God's wisdom, the I am, the great I am, will hold on to us. And then we can hold on to Him. But the great I Am will dwell securely. Our life will be at ease with no fear or dread of disaster coming upon us. Not saying those things aren't going to happen, but because we're in the air, He is holding on to us. If we will welcome wisdom into our lives, He will hold on to us. The great I Am will be holding on to you. So ask for His wisdom. You need it. I need it, right? Anybody not need it? Raise your hand. Yeah, I didn't quite catch you there, did I? Of course you need it. I need it. We all need it. And wisdom is crying out, has been crying out all through this service. Listen to me. Listen to me. And simply just say, I'm listening. I welcome you into my life so that you can experience this blessing. You can experience gladness what he has for each one of us. The great I am. I'm just going to step down here.
As you think about what Jesus did for us, we think about the, the Lord's Supper, His incredible sacrifice for us. As you go through the book of John, He has all those I am's. I am the good shepherd. I am the door. I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am the life. I am the, the uh, life, resurrection, and the life. I am the, the bread of life gives all those, because that's who he is. And his wisdom, he gives us his wisdom, and he asks us to grab onto it and to pursue it and to seek it and to welcome it in our life so he can hold on to us. And we can hold on to him. So, in the quietness of this moment, Would you just ask him for his wisdom? Silently. Take a few moments and ask for the wisdom of the great I am this day. Father, you've heard each prayer. And you're the great I am. You, full of wisdom and truth, goodness and righteousness and love, will give the wisdom that each of these individuals need because they ask in faith. Thank you for all you've done for us, your death and your burial and your resurrection.